0: Hello and welcome to the Hardcore Zen Podcast. My name is Brad Warner, I'm your host, I'm the author of Hardcore Zen, The Other Side of Nothing, Sit Down and Shut Up, Don't Be a Jerk, and a bunch of other books about Zen Buddhism and other stuff. If you want to support this podcast, it is supported by your donations, and you can go to the URL hardcorezen.info slash donate, that is hardcorezen.info slash donate, that is where you can find my PayPal and Patreon links, and those are my main and usually my only ways of support. So I really appreciate your donations. But as always, you don't got to donate if you don't want to donate. So that is the introduction. All right, now we're going to talk about ghosts. And I have my nephew, Ben Goldman, here. Who was on the last time, and here he is again.
1: What's up, guys? Nice to be here with you, Brad. Thanks for having me on. And uh, just in case you're curious, my uh, social medias are all at Animal Talk Vegas on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. But again, thanks for having me on, Brad Rabbit, and I'm excited to talk about ghosts with you. How
0: are you? Oh, that's great. Very
1: spooky, spooky Buddhist ghosts.
0: So I'll just start off with a couple of definitions and anybody who watches my YouTube channel has heard these before, but in case people aren't, you know, haven't watched the YouTube channel, I'll just do it again. Cause it's short in Zen Buddhism. There isn't a whole lot of talk about ghosts and my teacher, Gudo Nishijima Roshi, I only ever heard him talk about ghosts once. And that was when somebody asked him about ghosts and he said, uh, I've never seen a ghost. And that's all he ever said about ghosts. Uh, The only ghosts that appear sort of regularly in Zen Buddhist literature are the hungry ghosts, which are the preta. So I'm going to read you the definition of the preta. Uh, Just uh, just for poops and laughs. Uh, Where are the preta? Oh, here we go. Literally departed one. These so-called hungry ghosts constitute one of the three negative modes of existence. Pretas are beings whose karma is too good for rebirth in the hells. So there are multiple hells in Buddhism. There's not just one hell. Uh, We can talk about that if you want. Uh, But uh, they are too bad for rebirth as an asura. And I should look up what exactly an asura is. An asura is a sort of angelic heavenly being. Anyway, we'll worry about Asuvas later because we're talking about ghosts today. Uh, greed, envy, and jealousy can, according to the traditional view, lead to rebirth as a preta. Pretas suffer the torment of hunger because their bellies are immense, but their mouths are only as big as the eye of a needle. And they are also subject to various other tortures. So that's kind of a bad life if you're a preta. So that's really all you get about ghosts in uh, in Zen Buddhism. Uh, yeah.
1: Is a preta kind of like a poltergeist? Well, Is it like, but with like the notion of rebirth instead of the notion of your soul just being stuck around, it's like you are manifested as that kind of a like tortured soul that's just kind of around to harass people and be annoying, but also doesn't have much freedom of their own.
0: I don't get this sense of... Pretas, hungry ghosts harassing people or anything like that. The only thing you do with hungry ghosts in in Zen traditionally is when you have a meal, you give a donation to the hungry ghost. So you're supposed to set aside part of your meal and then somebody comes along... along with a little spatula, and then you put a little piece of your meal aside to give to the hungry ghosts, which they usually just throw it out in the, in the garden and it gets eaten by birds. and Hungry ghosts, probably. Yeah, hungry ghosts, probably. Yeah, yeah
1: probably yeah, hungry yeah. ghosts. So yeah. when they say hungry ghost, they're not like, this ghost is like, hungry for attention or hungry for energy. It's just like, it's a literally a spirit that's always just hungry for food then.
0: Yeah. That's the idea. Huh. And I, I don't, they don't talk too much about that. And, and also this idea of rebirth is your, okay. So the, this is another thing you could get into. There's this, there's this idea of the Bardo <clears throat> realm, which kind of came up as, you know, your grandfather, my dad, uh, Died in November, which is uh, we're doing, we're recording this at the beginning of April. Yep. Um, in case people are listening in a later date. Uh, so that was what, four months ago or whatever. I don't know. I can't count. Um, <clears throat> So I started looking into that right after my dad died. And the, the Bardo realm is is uh, something that they don't talk about too much in Zen Buddhism, but it's talked about a lot in Tibetan Buddhism and some forms of Indian Buddhism. And it's this realm you supposedly go to between lives. So so rebirth doesn't just work out, according at least to the sort of Buddhist tradition, where you're just, you die and then immediately you're reborn somewhere else. There's these stages that you go through. And one of the stages is that for the first, different traditions are vague about this. So it depends on the number of days, but it could be as long as 49 days. So basically for the first certain number of days, you hang around here before you go on to the next realm. So that could be a, you could consider that to be a kind of ghost.
1: That's a interesting concept, too, because I feel like that's a... The notion of, like, a separate realm that souls are stuck in for a period of time seems to be something that appears in a lot of different religions, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, purgatory, but I, like, what sticks when... Uh, sticks for the Greeks.
0: Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's like
1: the purgatory for them. It was... If you think about it, it's kind of just interesting that so many, like, cultures have this belief in not it's it's all it's almost always like another dimension that's like a holding dimension for your soul
0: yeah i got interested in in what this sort of uh bardo this bardo as far as i understand and again this is not part of the zen buddhist tradition so i'm a little bit vague on it but it's it's like the idea of an in-between realm so a person who has just died and I have to keep saying this over and over. I'm, I'm not exactly endorsing this. This is just sort of tradition. They They sort of hang around in this in-between realm waiting for something else to happen. So yeah. in that sense, they're supposedly able to kind of communicate with people who are still alive and interact with us on a certain level before they go on to the next phase. So so it's not exactly oh. the same as a ghost. Like a ghost in in you know the Scooby Doo ghost tradition
1: it's is somebody a real who's put a mask. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's right. it's the real guy. It's the Old mask.
0: Man Jenkins who's yeah. But you but I mean it's the idea of somebody who's been here forever like uh, uh, I was going to say Bob Marley. Jacob Marley, right? Yeah. In, uh, in Scrooge. He's been hanging around god knows how long you know cuz he's just stuck here and i don't i don't know i there's probably some place in the buddhist tradition for a, a a person who's just sort of stuck in the earthly realm but that would be a kind of an extraordinary case so,
1: but, but let me try laying out some like uh some basic concepts of and ideas around ghosts that i'm familiar with mm-hmm and we can just like i guess kind of break those down from a zen buddhist perspective. Well, let will
0: see if we can do anything. See if yeah. we can.
1: No, maybe we can't. Yeah. let's, let's yeah. see if we can. Let's let's see what we can do. Okay. So with a lot of ghosts, you have like, you know, you have the the classic notion of a soul that gets left behind on earth. You get some which are like a soul that gets tied to an object or a person. Right. You also get there's an interesting st- series of theories and I've actually enjoyed this one a lot. The not that there's different like versions of these things that humans believe to be ghosts that exist, and they're around with different like different purposes, and they're not remo- necessarily remotely similar. Mm-hmm. And one that I've always like kind of personally enjoyed was the notion that like um, if someone cares a lot about like their house or something like Nothing that, it's stick- not that their soul gets stuck to the house; it's that their memory gets stuck to the house, um... and that's why you can like that's why some people will see like. A woman that walks to the same room, opens the room, like puts laundryer down, walks back to another room, and then disappears uh, every yeah. night over and over.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, I've heard yeah. about that kind of thing.
1: It's not that they're a soul; it's that they're like actually a like a memory that has been like so like beat in because she did it over and over again. It was such a part of her that that memory got left behind while her soul still moved on.
0: Yeah, I could see. I, I mean, my okay, my take on things is that the the world we live in. Is't what we think it is this is this gets this gets weird I mean it kind of goes through God how do I explain this it kind of goes through a, a process that that I've kind of gone through over a number of years you know you grew, and I don't know how how you went through it or, or how anybody goes through it but you know I grew up learning a certain way to understand the world i live in that i'm a human being and i'm a kind of an animal who inhabits the earth and i'm you know and it's a material realm and and you live and then you die and then you know you, you get this sort of sort of sort of scientific materialistic world yeah. that we kind of grow up in and having gone through this process and doing a lot of meditation and and working with buddhism i kind of i came to see that most of that was at best, provisionally true. I mean, it's a way, it's a way of framing things, but it is not the truth. That's, I've, I've kind of come to that conclusion. So when I hear things like what you're saying, I can see, yeah, that could be true like that doesn't fit the materialistic paradigm you know if you if you take a materialistic worldview that doesn't make any sense so you could I have somebody's memory sticking around but, I could, yeah, but, but I, could... I could believe that yeah but i i could believe that
1: yeah no no i get that and even by that standard i think with like the materialistic paradigm thing you go back to the notion of you know like five hundred years ago the earth was flat and if you sailed too far you fell off the edge of it yeah, yeah. into who knows into just space or whatever. That well, that's true. There. That is true. Some basketball players still believe that. Basketball players? But yeah, you should. If you aren't familiar with this, you should look it up. There's several very prominent basketball
0: players who believe in the flat. I think
1: Kevin Durant's one of them. Yeah, no, he I like know. he like believed, and it's, it's, it's the reasonings the best. It's because if you if the earth was round and you bounced a ball, it would go like forward instead of like straight up.
0: Oh. Well, okay.
1: Which anyway, it doesn't make sense either.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's go back to stop. Okay, yeah. That's weird. Well, okay. Yeah, but I I could believe that. I I I live in an old house and we're we're doing this recording right now in a 100-year-old house. house. Yeah, more than yeah. 100, a 115 or 120-year-old house. And there were some weird things. They they sort of stop. I can't say this to my wife's out of the room. I can say this now, but she she doesn't like me talking about this. But there were some spooky things that happened when we first moved in that like, haven't what? Like, like weird Things like I, I, I was going to sleep one night, and I, I, I thought it was Adriana. I thought it was my wife tapping me on the shoulder, and I woke up, and and she wasn't. Um, that happened. Uh, a couple of odd things like that, just sort of seeing things moving out of the corner of my eye that turned out not to be there. Now, I mean, you know, you you could find all kinds of explanations for that. You know, there were some. Getting back to the Bardo things, I, I, I sort of teased this on the on the YouTube channel, so I thought I, I should mention it. Um, I'm going to look at my notes because I actually actually made some notes. Um, I had some encounters with my dad after after he died. I had yeah. I, I had encounters with my dad and with my mom um, both after they died, which is uh, odd to me because, like I said, the Buddhist. We don't have a lot of notions around that in in Zen Buddhism, so I don't know, you know, how to frame this. That's why I started looking into the this Bardo stuff. Okay, because I, 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 um, my dad's presence after he died was, you know, it, I, I don't. If I say that I, I don't feel any need to try to prove to anybody this really happened, because I'm I'm convinced it really happened. Okay. But and and so I don't care if anybody believes it or not. What what I care about more than that is it doesn't it doesn't really fit. You know. Well,
1: oh, come on, tell us what happened. No,
0: well, I mean, I'll, I'll put the notes. I wrote some stuff to your mom. This Ben is my sister's kid, so. Just for you folks at home who don't know that, uh, but I, I I copied down. I don't want to read this out loud because this it's weird, but I I I. I I uh, put the um, emails that I written to my sister into the uh, into my uh, phone, so I could um, I could re- yeah, so I could remember what what had happened. Well, the first uh, the the first thing that happened was I was at um, we were seeing the um, who were we seeing? Uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction. Oh, nice concert. And this was just a uh, two or three days after my dad died. We'd already had tickets and we were going. So. At that concert, I, uh, I just felt my, my dad's presence really, really strongly, um, like he was just hanging around there. And the, the, the odd thing, it, it was as if... Okay, okay wait a minute, let's rewind. The first thing that happened um, was very similar to what happened when my mom died. The night that my dad died, which I did not know he had died yet uh i was sleeping and then i just shot bolt upright in bed wide awake like what the hell uh you know i had been sleeping and then suddenly i'm wide awake and i'm like why the hell am i wide awake and i was just pacing around for a while and i finally like took melatonin or something and, and went back to sleep but that was weird next morning your mom calls yep. and tells me that my dad had died basically in the middle of the night. I checked the time. It was basically the same time as I woke, been woken bolt up
1: right That's in bed,
0: old. which is the same thing that happened when my mom died. The same thing had happened. I, I went up, got up really late. Well, really early in the morning and heard the song, My Mummy's Dead by John Lennon playing just as if somebody had turned on, you know, a, a record player and played the song. Um, clear as just, you know, like an auditory hallucination. Yeah. It's a short song. It's about a minute and a half long. I heard the entire song play. And then I just kind of went back to, to sleep. I, I wasn't distressed by this. It's weird. You'd...
1: Why would you be? It's like you don't know anything at that point. So. Yeah.
0: And then then I was woken up a few hours later by my dad calling me and telling me that my mom had, he'd had passed away sometime during the night. He didn't know exactly when. So I figure that must have been when, you know, was when I heard that song.
1: Can I ask you a mm-hmm. question about this, about, I guess, well, let's go ahead. Grandpa Dan's presence is the, yeah. the first one, but I guess both of them in general. Uh, an interesting question is when you felt their presence, yeah. like, because, like obviously, they're you know we're both related to them. Um, they like went through different stuff throughout the end of their lives and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was the presence the like the more familiar one, like the the warmer one that you that you knew from a long time ago, or is it the presence of the especially with grandpa? Would it have been the presence of like him, like you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Because he was a different presence. Like when I was a child, he was yeah. like this, like warm. He was fun and warm and yeah. loving, a little rigid, yeah. but he was like, yeah. And then at the end, he was like not that at all. He was just kind <laughs> of no. angry all the time. So, yeah, I know. I guess, which one? Which one did you interact with? The, the warm loving one or the well, angry at the world
0: one when he when he showed up at the concert it was it was we I felt his personality this this had happened to me when <laughs> my friend David Cody died it was it was it was a weird feeling um, I can only describe it as if if somebody you knew very well like you knew really well like me yeah. or had come up if I can't you didn't know I was there and I came up behind you, you might know, oh Brad's behind standing behind me. You yeah. might sort of feel my personality. That's I, I don't know how it does I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's sort Tight, of what yeah. it was like. It was like somebody I knew very well like an energy. was right there. Like a and I could and I could feeling. feel his personality very strongly there. And his personality to answer your question he seemed to be like an adolescent. <laughs> that's that, that's what's strange really? to me. He 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 didn't seem to be a grown up. He like seemed to be
1: even when you knew
0: him. Then. Yeah, he seemed to be like yeah younger than because he was my dad was twenty two when I was born. So he you're seemed to like be he grandma. seemed to be like a ten year old or eleven year old wow. Dan Warner, and. And here's (laughs) just just this is childish version. Yeah, this is going to sound all spooky because later on I'm like, this is what got me into reading about bardo states and all this stuff. So I go look up the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and I'm because I, you know, I started to look up, and and one of the things that they was written in the Tibetan Book of the Dead is that when people go into these bardo (laughs) states, they usually prefer to remain in their the personality they had. When they were about ten or eleven years old, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's that's what I felt from my dad was like a, a a sort of child version of my dad, but still his personality." Yeah. And he he seemed to be sort of okay. This might this reference might be a little bit past your time, but let me see if I can Go get it. it. Okay. Shoot. Back in the old days if you were driving along a highway trying to uh, listen to the radio and you're driving a long distance, you'd, you'd, you'd get a radio station for a while that would come in for a while. And then as you're passing away from that town, it would start to fade out. That's not outside my days. I remember those days. Yeah, I remember those days. That's kind of what it was like. He, he, he phased in for a while and he was sort of, he, I I wasn't hearing, like, I wasn't hearing his voice saying distinct things, but I could hear, I could feel sort of something very clear coming from him. Like, you know he was he, he was trying to communicate and he was saying things like oh this is cool you should you should see this this is really wonderful out here it's i'm having a great time it was like he was feeling pretty happy that's that's the main message and then after i don't know 10 minutes or something it, it went on for uh, it went on for long enough that there were a few songs that the band played through while i'm he- feeling all of this and then it sort of started to fade away the way it would would if you were like moving past the radio station. Okay. And you just couldn't catch the radio signal anymore. Like yeah, you just couldn't put, it wouldn't well, there's no
1: way. Yeah, it was okay. just,
0: it was just fade it was just started to get fizzy, not not, you know, literally fizzy, but it sort of started to fade out and then it wasn't there anymore. Okay. So huh. so even if I tried to make it come back or thought about it, it wasn't coming back anymore. It was just gone. So, it, it was just wasn't there anymore. You, and this happened maybe three or four times during about the week after he so died. There
1: were, other, there were other incidents of this. Was it always yeah. the childish version of him?
0: Yeah, there was one, one time when he appeared that he seemed to be very distressed and kind of, it was like interacting with almost... A drunk version of him because he seemed to be all over the map. Like uh, he was like uh, upset, and then he was like, "Oh no, it's okay." I'm like, "You ever deal with a drunk who's like, yeah. first he's really upset, and he's like, "Oh no, it's okay. I'm in love with you. It's, uh, everything's fine. It's wonderful," <laughs> you yeah, know? And yeah, then and he's like upset, and then he's like going all over the place. Yeah. yeah. That the, a couple of days later, I was interacting with that version of him, and and but the same thing. It was it it. it came through for about 10 minutes of like weird and happy and then sad and upset and then happy and then sad and then then kind of fizzled out and then maybe the third time it was happy again and this time was very sort of peaceful like like maybe he'd he'd been like okay i i'm ready to deal with this like, I figured out, you know, yeah. that what's going on, or at least he'd, he'd gotten a, a handle on it, and he was okay with it, and he was kind of chill about it. And that, that was the last time I had a, a, a real interaction. And then after that, I think he must have just, you know, moved on. But again, saying this in my capacity as a sort of Zen Buddhist priest i shouldn't even be talking about this because we don't talk about this in zen buddhism yeah but that's
1: i feel like that's <laughs> but that's like the essence of what you know especially like philosophical i'm call called a philosophical religion like buddhism mm-hmm. i feel like that's in essence what it is is being bold enough that even if it hasn't been traditionally talked about exploring it from that capacity still which yeah is what you're doing right now
0: yeah well I, I yeah i mean i think you're right i mean the bottom line in in zen as far as i understand it in is what you're saying is you should be honest about everything, and, and you should be the it.
1: world if you, if you see the world. Yeah. If you felt it that way.
0: And and you know, part of the tradition is, is there is a tradition of see, okay, one of the things, um, the author Kurt Vonnegut always said, uh, never put a love story in your novel because the the uh reader. Will latch on to the love story, and they'll never want to. The, they they won't pay attention to anything else in the novel. And I feel like it's kind of that way. If a person who's a religious person starts starts talking about life after death, it it's almost like the per, like people will will only hear you talk about life after death, and they don't want to hear anything else. And I think that's why, like a lot of people in the Zen tradition, won't talk about it at all.
1: So, I guess the flip side of that though is I think there's there's some people that can't write love stories well and they try to put them in their novels and nobody cares about them because they're just not that <laughs> just because they're bad love, love
0: stories, stories very well. <laughs> yeah. and then like, other
1: people are probably phenomenal writers that just know how to avoid that being like uh, the thing. I don't I don't I, maybe it's the same thing with Buddhism. It's like yeah. just because people haven't really delved into it Does't mean it's not there? And it's not worth delving into. It just means that they didn't have, you know. The capacity or maybe the like the wherewithal or the courage or whatever it was to delve into something that was outside that was like i think it's easy for people to accept abstract notions that they're taught yeah but it's a lot harder to come up with and form these abstract notions yourself
0: yeah i mean the thing the thing about life after death is is I think when people start to try to figure it out, they'll always they'll always go wrong. you can't you can't figure it out and And reading that stuff in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, they go into huge, great detail about what happens, you know, at this stage and what happens at the next stage, and they they'll they'll go into and I read that, and I go, Well, how do you know this? You know yeah. I, I think probably at best people have a kind of vague impression that it's probably the Tibetan Book of the Dead is. based on people having impressions kind of like the ones I had, you know, and comparing them with other people and trying to come up with a framework and figuring, you know, and then putting it into a book. But I don't think you can say, I think the details that are in the Tibetan Book of the Dead are mostly just speculation, you know, they're not really
1: that are like but, tales from people that have probably had near death experiences and stuff like that that have just been like built into facts kind of
0: or people who are meditators who who've gotten like like I had very brief encounters with my mom after she died in 2007 then my dad died in 2022 yeah and I've had a lot more meditation experiences and my encounters with him were much more vivid And I probably would have much more vivid experiences of my mom if I had, you know, had been as experienced in meditation at the time that she died, right? So maybe somebody who's really, really deep into meditation and his friend dies or his guru or whatever, his teacher, you know, he has some interactions with them and then, you know, he writes a book about it and, you know, this stuff comes out of it, but but they don't i don't think they know exactly what goes on they're just kind of
1: i mean who knows maybe there is a maybe that's maybe that's where enlightenment is
0: yeah but you know
1: could i guess if you were in if you were fully enlightened you would in theory
0: know right i i don't know i mean okay from the experiences i've had of so called you know kensho or satori that's enlightenment experiences yeah what What it does is it, for me at least, it sort of whopped me upside the head and made me realize, oh, everything I've been taught about what life is, that's wrong. But it didn't replace that with, okay, here's what's really going on. It was more like a very strong demonstration that, look, this isn't right. Um, And... And there's a whole other way of looking at things. And it was sort of like, I don't know, the best metaphor I've ever come up with is like a peek behind the curtain. Like somebody who opens up the curtains goes, look over here, okay, shut. That's funny. And then you go, oh, there's all that stuff behind the curtain, but now it's shut again. And then, you know, and then you go, well, okay, I know that there's this whole other thing behind that curtain. I don't know exactly what's behind that curtain.
1: Okay. Well, I mean...
0: But I know that there's other people who've looked behind that curtain longer than I have, and I trust what they have to say.
1: Do you, though? Do you, do you want to absolutely just trust what someone has to say? And how do you know that they've looked behind that curtain longer than you? Or are you just assuming that, that's what, that because they said they did, ah, it's true?
0: Well, yeah, there is... Okay, this is, this is tricky. I mean, that's a, that's a legitimate question you're asking. And the, and the answer I have for you is probably going to sound like a cop-out. But you can just tell. Um, and and that, 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 it sounds like a cop-out, but, but, um, if I, if I pick up a book, usually, by somebody who claims to have kind of a knowledge of this stuff, I can tell within a few sentences if they're full of shit or not, and I know that sounds like a cop-out, but I, I can.
1: Do you think, if you, do you think, I guess, is, would enlightenment, would people that have found enlightenment on any level or any kind of like moments or anything like that, would they view the same situation the same? Or would enlightenment be a person by person, like personal experience to the point where even if someone had viewed behind the so-called curtain longer, the things that they experience and what they learned may be totally different than the things that you experience and you learn when you go behind the curtain for the same amount of time or longer? Is there like, is it is it a uniform thing or? Is it an individualistic thing? Because I don't know. I,
0: I'm not sure yeah, about this. I, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm genuinely curious. Well, yeah, the answer would be it's the same. I'll I'll tell you. I, I okay. When I was like twenty or something, I asked my first Zen teacher, Tim, a question really similar to that, and it was about koans. And koans are supposed to be these questions you you work on in Zen that 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 demonstrate your your enlightenment for want of a better word and I, I said well these coins, these are weird questions like what is the sound of one hand clapping and all these weird questions and w- w- does somebody yeah does, <laughs> does 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 everybody give the same answer and he said yeah everybody you, who, who, who gives the right answer it's always the same answer and I'm like oh I said, uh, it can't be the uh, same uh, answer and
1: and I, so he said there's a right answer though.
0: well you know he didn't really say that he, he said it's the same answer but yeah the same answer might be expressed in a million different ways. But it's still the same answer. Uh, And because because we are different kinds of people, it gets filtered in, in different ways, and there are different ways of expressing it, and they can sound really different. But I think you can kind of tell an authentic answer from an inauthentic answer okay. so there's there's lots of people out there peddling inauthentic answers that and it's 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 not that hard to tell at least for me it's not that hard to tell an inauthentic answer from an authentic answer I, I think when you're first starting out with this stuff, it is hard to tell an inauthentic answer from an authentic answer because some because people can learn to imitate an authentic answer pretty well., Yeah. but if you've been and and I think it's it's a sort of a, a tension that creeps in when people are giving an inauthentic answer. Um, even if they are even if they are <coughs> just repeating the the exact words, that they've memorized of an authentic answer <laughs> they'll there'll be a little bit of tension that'll creep in and they'll they'll get it you know and it won't work
1: so i guess here's a. I don't know how be,
0: to i don't know how to no, no, I, I get what you're it.
1: saying i actually do get what you're saying um i guess we we'll, we'll, we can jump back to ghosts again from this point too but mm. out of curiosity Because you've had like some of these moments and you say other people have had more of these moments, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the person that had the most of these moments would presumably be the Buddha himself.
0: That's what they say. I don't (laughs) know.
1: So, I I guess here's – it seems like most of the time when the Buddha was enlightened and like doing his Buddha thing. Yeah. That he answered everything in poetic riddles. So, are the answers to the questions – which the the questions seem to be somewhat poetic riddles themselves are the answers like is the correct answer a poetic riddle because again it's just and this just from my perspective yeah, it seems yeah, like yeah, a yeah. lot of like and i imagine he probably didn't talk like this before he reached this point no but when he reached that point ever like everything he does is a poetic riddle it's like no, yeah I, I like compares things to, like lily pads and like <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, the yeah wind blowing like it's yeah, very yeah, poetic
1: yeah. it's it's not like it's not a direct answer nothing's a direct answer that's
0: that's what it seems and i i i've kind of come to and, and i know i i get the question i've come to the conclusion because i read dogan a lot and dogan sounds very abstract and poetic and i've come to the conclusion that dogan is trying his best to give as straightforward of an answer as possible but the the answer is is it's poetic It's difficult yeah the answer doesn't come out right. like that i'll give you I'll, the I'll, answer's
1: I'll... poetry almost is what it seems like it's like mm a simple question of like, you know, where you go in life, the best way to describe it wouldn't be through your standard words. It would be through the imagery of like seeing this object as it like time ages it, or it travels down a river or, or
0: something or, yeah, like Yeah. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you a story. I've told the story a lot of times and I put it in books and things cause it was a big moment. For
1: which me. books? But out of curiosity since, well, we, since we brought it well, up. Well,
0: let me tell you, I, I don't remember which book this is in, but I want to tell you the story cause I want to try it out with you and see okay. how it works. Okay, this happened, uh, I was uh, working for Tsuburaya Productions. I, you know, I'd been studying with Nishijima Moroshi for years. I was at a company trip. Uh, everybody I, I didn't drink at the time. I still don't drink. Uh, company trips in Japan. Chedberg, <laughs> company trips in Japan are big drinking parties where they take everybody in the company out and then you go you go for a weekend to like a hotel or somewhere far away and no wives and husbands and, and people and everybody and everybody's just like crazy drunk. So it's like late at night and I'm talking with this this uh, woman named um, uh, Mayu, Mezaki Mayu. Doesn't matter that much what her name was, no. but she was drunk. Everybody was drunk. Yeah, I don't know where she is <laughs> these days. But she was drunk. I don't know why. I was uh, talking with her. I was just hanging out with her, and I st- and and she didn't speak English, right? But you so spoke Japanese? I spoke Japanese and I was trying to talk to her about Zen. I don't know why, because <laughs> I, I'm sober and she's not. And that's
1: a riddle itself
0: yeah. right there. What does a drunk Buddhist talk about? So I was trying to tell her about this koan that my teacher had told me a long time ago. <laughs>
1: that is a good, that's some good party
0: conversation. I know. There. Yeah, it's really stupid. <laughs> but the koan went like this. Tim, Tim told me this one. It's he'd heard it from another Zen teacher. And it went like this. He sna- the Zen teacher snaps his finger. Where was that sound before? Before you heard it, after you heard it, where did it go? That's the question. So the Zen teacher, I think Joshu Sasaki probably told it to him. I don't know who told it to him,
1: but he's that's you the. You want me to answer that question? Well, I probably can answer that question.
0: You want to answer it? Or you, Would you, you like to get, me to answer oh, it? Okay, you, go you,
1: ahead. You said you you wanted you brought me up as well, being a part of this. I know, but I you, know, about, what, do
0: you want me to finish the story or or you want to answer? No, you well, answer answer it without. Well, without
1: knowing the answer, yeah, yeah I'll fine. give you my answer. I would answer. say that in my mind, it's that the only thing that ever exists is the moment we're living in, because past is memories, and future is just something that we can't view. So the sound only existed as far as where's the sound now? It's a memory, and that's all that's left.
0: That that's Nishijima Roshi's answer, but I, that's that's a good answer. Here's what I t- I told her this, and I and I I had to translate the koan into Japanese into bad <laughs> Japanese, and I'm telling Mayu this, this story, well,
1: drunk too, so it's probably she's, she's
0: drunk means. and I'm not drunk, oh, you're but not uh, drunk. yeah, I'm not drunk, but she is. And as I was telling her this and translating it into Japanese, suddenly I realized what the answer was. And I said, I, I, I just figured out what the answer to that koan is. You want me to tell you? And she said, sure. And so I went like this and people are listening to this. aren't going to get this. I poked her in the arm like this. I went, Ow. Well, yeah. No, I know, I'm just didn't kidding. Matter. It's fine. I, didn't hurt I, guys. Ju- yeah, I, ju- I just poked her <laughs> in the arm. I said, that's the answer to the question. Like, to me, it was clear as day that was the answer to the question. That that was the answer. But it's basically it's that's the same thing I said. No, I get it's it. It's like what you said, but it's like a, it's a it's a more sort of experiential version. The yeah. answer is just this. It's, it's that there's only just, a moment. Yeah, it's just this moment.
1: Every every bit of pain, every bit of happiness you ever yeah. feel, it's all like it's all momentary.
0: Yeah. It's that, it's that right. moment. So, uh, right. so that's, so, so like, I guess what i was trying to demonstrate is is whether it's the same answer or a different answer because what you said and and when i told the story to nishijima roshi he basically said oh yeah that's one way to answer it another way to answer it is before you snapped your fingers there was no sound when you snapped your fingers there was sound and after you snapped your fingers there was no sound again
1: there's no sound again. but the memory so, of the sound yeah it's so. a
0: memory of sound
1: so maybe yeah maybe interesting actually i'm glad maybe we turned to this Uh, we we weaved our way into the subject because it actually brings up an interesting point which is if the sound ceases to exist but the memory of the sound continues to exist does that also mean that a spirit what we perceive as a spirit could be a memory that is hung on again like we talked about earlier could that just be like it's not the soul of the person it's not even related to the soul of the person but it's the memory that other people have or that an object has or something of that thing that used to be
0: there. Well, yeah, that's the one thing I kind of realized while having these weird conversations with my dad after he died was that at some level, yeah, it didn't matter if... I, I thought, well, maybe I'm just making this up in my head. Maybe this is just me having a conversation with the memory of my dad in my head. And then I realized... Oh, at some level there's no difference. There's no difference. There's no difference between my dad my physical dad being alive and the memory of my dad. You well, know, but but I mean passes on it, even more so though. But there's we no make difference. we make a huge distinction out of that, but there isn't that much yeah. distinction. Like, okay, you and me are here. One of these days, you know. One of us is gonna die. Probably we won't die at the same time, but we might. Yeah, I could be. Know.
1: Could be. You never know. Could be, you never. Yeah, like do. a Leonard Skinner situation.
0: It yeah, could be a Leonard Skinner situation, but there could be a time when when it's just one of us sitting here going, "Oh yeah, I remember Brad," or "Oh yeah, I remember Ben." It's true. But right here, this seems to be different, but maybe it's not different. You know, mm-hmm. I think that seems weird. I, I think what the I think the
1: difference is, and I'll tell you, this is because I, I I enjoy what we're doing right now. But I think one of the real differences is the difference of recalling a memory versus the difference of creating a memory. Because while any moment could technically be a memory, I do have like I believe that memories are things that we s- are very selective things that we can remember. Even for yeah. someone with a photographic yeah. memory, it's not oh. like they remember every moment of every oh, single existence. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, I was just writing about that.
1: So yep. right now what we're doing is creating a memory. We're creating something that could be recalled. In
0: the and future. we have the recording of it. That that's one thing I was writing about recently, which was really eerie for me because I made this uh, movie about the hardcore punk scene of the early '80s. And when I was making this movie, I this is like I was made this movie 20 years ago about events that were then 20 years ago, which are now 40 years ago. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I would have sworn that there was no video of Zero Defects, the band I was in uh, playing in the 80s. And then somebody came out and said, oh, don't you remember Vicky uh, somebody, I don't remember, Vicky somebody uh, videotaped uh, two of our shows. And I'm like, really? And so finally I got a hold of copies of these videos and I'm looking at these and I am looking right at the camera in some of these videos. So obviously at some point I knew we were being videotaped yeah but in the intervening 20 years i totally forgotten about it but watching those videos was was so spooky to me i mean i got like chills watching these videos because it was like watching a ghost yeah just to bring it back to the ghost because i'm watching 19 year old me
1: because it's not it, it is you but it's not you it's, it's yeah it's like the representation of a memory of you from a lot from like so long ago that it's not it's like
0: yeah yeah i don't know, know who, who that yeah i don't know 19. who that kid is and, and the other weird thing about memory is now I have memories of those shows, but what is my memory of those shows? Is it the memory of watching it on video? Because I feel like I remember the shows, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just remembering watching... You know, I, if I watched a show of somebody else playing, I could sort of put myself into that position and go, oh yeah, I know what it felt like to be in that, you know? Yeah. And I could watch me and go, oh yeah, I know what it felt like. I could make that up too, so I don't know if it's a real memory. Well, I, I, I I feel like I remember it.
1: I think it, I don't think anyone remembers anything exactly as they happen either. I think it, for most people, people either polish memories or they make them worse.
0: Or you people may, think, yeah, you. They say you re you don't just recall a memory. You actually revise the memory every time, you, every time. Every yeah. time you.
1: It's a creative process. Every time you bring it up, yeah. it's like it. It's based on something. You're like. You know the outline of the story you're going to tell, but the story itself is different.
0: Yeah. And so every time you recall it, you, you know, they used to. They used to think when they hypnotized people and they had recovered memories they were like stored like a, a videotape or something in your head and you just play it back but that turns out that's not true
1: no it's people like don't. you're like forcibly i'm sure pulling the little pieces that they have out and then they are basically just mad like you know painting whatever they think probably happened at that point
0: yeah and you don't yeah you can't trust your own memory so yeah and so yeah
1: And maybe that's all spirits really are that maybe, maybe there isn't a difference. Maybe the angry spirits, the sad spirits, the happy spirits, the ones that we, that people see walking down a hallway over and over again, doing the same thing. Maybe at the end of the day, every single one of those is just the manifestation of a a memory. Because I mean, I assume Buddhists believe in the whole notion that the universe is like you know, matter's create, you know, created, neither created nor destroyed, it just changes forms into energy over and over again. Like that kind of
0: well, yeah, yeah, that sort of the, yeah, the sort of contemporary scientific view of what the universe is, is is quite similar to the ancient Buddhist view of what the universe is. It's kind of interesting. So, you
1: matter, if everything's energy, if matter's energy and thoughts are energy and everything creates and requires energy, maybe we really like. Maybe we really can, maybe memories can be so strong that they can be imprinted on things.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I wonder if, uh, I, I think it's po- also possible that places where very traumatic or uh, events have happened retain the memory. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Abu, what's it, Abu Garib, what was that prison that they had in Iraq? Oh, or God, I remember yeah, yeah,
1: the name I yeah. talking about. I yeah. really that, the, like that. It was like the Guantanamo Bay of Iraq. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. And then when the Americans took it over, they started torturing people there too, just like the Iraqis had. And I thought, oh, maybe the, maybe the place sort of retained that energy and then you know when the awesome. americans took it over they just started feeling that energy and doing the same you know it was more like the that energy of of torture just yeah. sort of took over it's like what it exists you know. for at that yeah, point yeah yeah like it's, it's just not, kind of, it's like that was, place, that was my little that
1: spot on earth is yeah. like a spot of torture basically at this point yeah. because the so many people have just used it as such and that's what it's like it,
0: it, it's interesting i'm not trying to excuse what the americans no, did course, there but course. but but i i felt like maybe the the power of that was so strong that they just kind of got sucked into it and, maybe uh, and... maybe you can
1: boot us this one up for me a little bit then so this is gonna so okay so basically you know what a poltergeist is right
0: yeah they're, well they're basically ghosts to throw stuff at you yeah they're angry spirits yeah, they, they're they, like yeah. ghosts
1: that have risen allegedly yeah yeah so here's my proposal is what if a poltergeist is not the spirit of an angry person, but the memory of someone that remembers that person as being angry?
0: Hmm, it could be.
1: Maybe that's why the, the, the these poltergeists, in the way that we, like, people experience them, seem to be very one-dimensional beings, unlike humans, who humans um. have,
0: like... They're so, just angry. They're yeah. totally
1: angry because it's the, because it is an imprinted memory of someone oh, as it. an angry person.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Because people go through faith. Like a a, a person is multi dimensional. They're not just angry all the time. Well, most of us yeah. aren't. Yeah,
1: not yeah. yeah one's yeah. only angry. Yeah. Imagine there's like sorrow and well, yeah, happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but these spirits, and it's probably not just poltergeist, probably most of these spirits seem to be very one dimensional as far as yeah. like,
0: it might, be the, yeah. it might be the memory or whatever the impression of that anger just still lingers on because it was so intense. So
1: you know, intense, I, yeah. Well, yeah. You, it's t- not the person. Yeah. It's the anger itself that's
0: there. It could be it could be that, you know, and there could be places that retain, you know, uh, from very heavy emotions that just sort of yeah. retain the the impression of it.
1: And anger and sorrow and love are all very, like, very strong emotional states for humans.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's why you know I kind of I kind of don't poo poo. There there used to be a lot of things that I I used to look at and go, oh yeah, whatever, don't do that. You know, there's a, there's a thing they do in Japan where whenever they have a film set, they do this sort of almost exorcism at the beginning. I used to watch them. They even though Superior Productions was ostensibly a Christian company, this is something people don't <laughs> know about. You know, even though Japan is a mainly Buddhist. Uh, country, the company I worked for in Japan was a Christian like company. Christian, Christian,
1: they, like were Christian? they were Catholic. Well, they were Japanese
0: really Catholics, like Catholic, though. Yeah, they were Japanese Catholics, but they weren't sort of fanatic about it. They no, were just, but they, were they just like- but, but they just like every other Japanese film company would do this Shinto-based ritual every time they started a film, in which they get a Shinto priest to come into the into the place, into the set where the film was going to be done, and do this sort of almost exorcism like ritual. Yeah. yeah, this cleansing ritual with um, incense and some chanting and stuff to sort of exercise the uh whatever bad spirits might be in the place and it was kind of fascinating they yeah. did it every time every single <laughs> day they did, they they did like, it they didn't necessarily
1: movie. believe in it religiously but yeah. they believed in it It was
0: just something you did every time you started a, a movie project That's i don't know if wild. they did it on television series i never i don't recall them ever seeing ever seeing them do it for a tv a lot of episodes, so yeah. You know, yeah you may not want to yeah it, but they would do it when wanted. they would, did when they did a movie um like the set basically yeah, and there's photos i well i could drag them Well, nobody can see them on the on the podcast but i could show you photos when we we're done but it's kind of interesting to see him do this,
1: this yeah well, that's that's fascinating yeah so i guess okay well since we're since we went this direction anyways let's let's delve in a little bit okay. more what about the japanese view on spirits and i i've learned a bit about them you probably know from anime. Yeah. yeah no i i've learned some some of those things my i've like
0: i mean i lived in japan for 11 years but i never studied up on it i I only know what i viewed there was obon do you know about obon it's a festival that takes place in mid-august and it's a bit like uh, dia de los muertos day of the dead where supposedly the dead come back to visit all their relatives for one day for one night it's usually about august 15th or whatever middle day of august and it's really similar to the mexican festival dia de los muertos
1: I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm googling Japanese ghosts right now because I know about, like, yokai and, like, eat yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I
0: know the yokai just from seeing... I used to watch Gegege no Kitaro, which was an anime, and, and all the characters on Gegege no Kitaro were based on yokai. So, the according to Wikipedia... Yurei, like yude yes. Usually yurei yure is, is just translated as ghost. western
1: model of a ghost. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, usually when Japanese people were talking about ghosts, that's the word they would use is yurei. But yurei doesn't exactly mean the same thing as as ghost in the, the Western alternative sense. Alternative
1: includes borei, meaning departed spirit, or shirio, meaning dead spirit. Yeah. Whereas this is a di- yurei is a dim spirit. So it sounds like there's like that's interesting actually
0: yeah i don't know i don't know too much obake yeah obake was a word i would hear obake whenever i heard people in japan talking about obake it's another word they use for ghosts uh, obake was uh, scarier right than like, a yurei like the you know? I feel like
1: they, in the yokai i feel like get classified as ghosts a lot but from what i've heard about them they're not like the souls of dead humans they're like they're like oh, like yeah yeah like, almost like demigod souls yeah, that yeah, exist yeah, yeah, on yeah. earth and maybe can like you know manipulate wind or like yeah, yeah. cause like misfortune for people but they're not they were never necessarily human at any point yeah. in existence.
0: I mean there is some there is a place for that in the Buddhist tradition because the Buddhist tradition has has the idea of multiple dimensions if you want to put it in modern parlance it's realms is usually the word they translate it in, into English as but it's this idea that that among that we are living in one realm, yeah, you know, and it's it's this one, and we're kind of familiar with it. But alongside this realm that we live in, are other realms where there are other living beings, including sort of intelligent beings, you know, much like humans, who uh, who may interact with us from time to time. And that would be, you know, we would perceive that as ghosts or spirits or or things like that. So, yeah, but they wouldn't necessarily be dead people yeah they could be people it, it's same as if you're reincarnated you could be reincarnated as a human you could be reincarnated That's in in movie. one of these other realms and some of these other realms would be heavenly realms which would be i don't know you know they would exist so far from our realm there wouldn't be any interaction but there could be other realms in which you would be closer to this one
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so this is, again, this is Wikipedia, so I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, because Wikipedia is not the most reliable source in the world at this point in history. But, it says that the soul is the Rikon.
0: Oh, Daikon, yeah, Daikon, yeah, yeah. And
1: then it says a Yurai is what happens if you die from, like, violence or suicide, or if you have a lot of very negative energy when you die. Oh, more like murder or suicide yeah murder suicide
0: that's the same idea as a ghost usually yeah
1: and then it's and then the yurai is closer to what would be I guess a poltergeist is basically it's a very disturbed one whereas the Raycon is the thing that goes and lives with the ancestors afterwards
0: yeah yeah there's an idea of a soul too well I mean this is a whole other thing which is probably well we've already used most of our time but the idea of a soul in in Buddhism there isn't this idea of uh, an immortal soul that lives in your body which is a whole this is a long topic but there is a what is the idea even though that idea does not exist within Buddhism, Dogen, you know, biggest Buddhist ever, uh, sometimes uses the Japanese yes, the word. number one Buddhist, <laughs> not Buddha, Dogen. What is, what is the word? Oh, God. Um, tamashi. It's a word Tamashi. And Dogen sometimes uses the word Tamashi in his writings, which surprised me because that is the Japanese word for soul, which is, you know, huh. a, a concept that is foreign to Buddhism. But he uses it occasionally in his writings, so you're like, okay, Dogen, what the hell, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that makes. But sense. but Tamashi, the kanji is similar to the one in yurei In fact, it might even be I don't know. Japanese is weird because you can pronounce things in multiple ways. And it means- so even the way I'm saying, even though I'm saying Tamashi, yurei I think it's the same there's a, the same Chinese character might be used uh, to express well, both
1: it could be written the same way pronounced two very different yeah ways. And,
0: and don't don't quote me on this folks listening at home because I haven't I'm not, I'm not looking it up for you but I think maybe it's <laughs> the same kanji or a very similar one anyway
1: well you should you should be proud of your I, I know we're running we're running short on time at this point but you should honestly be really proud of yourself today Brad because you <laughs> no you should you delved into a subject that apparently a lot of these other Buddhist uh, thinkers and thought leaders haven't bothered really delving into because they were like, oh, it doesn't matter. But you took it on. And I think we got some like, obviously, you've had some experiences. But what those are is like, it's still pretty open. So I thought yeah. that was, it, was, it was interesting to, you know here you dive into it and just see where like where everything lands on it
0: yeah we've had some weird moments but you know it is part of our tradition meaning our meaning the Zen Buddhist tradition to kind of not talk about I remember Nishijima Roshi telling I was talking to him about mystical experiences and he said there's no mystical experiences and he was getting kind of angry and I, I, I described to him what I meant by mystical experiences and I was trying to say you know it's just these experiences which are different from the usual type of experiences and they kind of come unbidden and blah 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 camera boy said and he said okay okay sometimes it's mystical but it is never strange (laughs) and i think what he meant by that is he didn't want to talk about like spooky things you know this kind of like that kind of stuff that's
1: that's surprisingly that's interesting
0: yeah he was I, he was willing to talk about things that were mystical, but he didn't want to get into like spooks and spirits and Scooby Doo stuff.
1: Which, which like, but, but there's like. But I, I love
0: Scooby Doo stuff. And
1: there's so many shared experiences <laughs> throughout humanity for so many of these into, like yeah. things that we're discussing. I feel like it's not it's not fair to just totally throw them all out at the end of
0: the day. No, I don't think you should throw them all out. But I I understand his reluctance to talk about maybe it. He was can, maybe
1: he was scared of stuff. Maybe. What if he was like? What if he? What if he was just scared of ghosts at the end of the day? What if that was his big fear? He's like, oh no, go 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 go! Yeah, what if he was? What if he was like Scooby Doo? He's like a roast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or I say a roast.
1: Rad, why are you rocking about roasts? Row. All ro roasts.
0: All
1: right.
0: All right. I think we talked for almost an hour and that's probably long enough for a podcast. Yeah. Uh,
1: you want to tell them your, your socials and your donation yeah. site and all that good stuff again?
0: Yeah, if people want to donate to having more of these podcasts, you can go to hardcorezen.info slash donate. That is hardcorezen.info slash donate. That's where you can find my PayPal and Patreon accounts. That's where I make most of my living. Really like 98% of what I make for a living comes from your donation so I appreciate your support. But as always, you don't have to donate if you don't want to because this is offered for free.
1: But you should want to because he does this because he loves you guys. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right. Did you want to say something? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on again, Brad. My name's uh, Ben Goldman. You can find my information at At Animal Talk Vegas, that's at symbol AN. I L K V E G A S. I'm an okay spell. I know not he's any spelling bees. That's on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And I'll uh, be joining Brad for more of these, hopefully. So it's always mm. fun. Um, and why, I I do a bunch of anime stuff. on am of and sketch comedy. So
0: why animal, And it's funny too. I recommend oh, it. So
1: why animal me. talk Vegas? Okay. So I know I, why Vegas because so, you live in Las well, Vegas. The Vegas thing actually I threw on there uh, later on. My original one was I was going to make a 420-themed TikTok channel where Mm. I did voiceovers of my pets talking about Uh, stuff like that. That'd be fun. But I didn't want to get banned from TikTok for having 420 in my name, so I changed at Animal Talk 420 to at Animal Talk Vegas. And then I started getting my, my... my little anime like joke fan theory videos and stuff started getting really popular. So uh, now I, that's just the name that I'm stuck with. It has uh, nothing to do with what I'm doing anymore.
0: Right. Well, that's good. Uh, all right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see you later. Uh, well, we'll, I'll see you right now, but uh, we'll see you folks on the radio. And if you later. get any ghosts, remember, call Ghostbusters. All right. Bye bye.